Hey guys, and welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. Gabby here. I am super excited to give you this episode today that I did with Amy Lorraine Nutrition. She is a dietitian in Lexington, and she focuses on intuitive eating and food freedom and is very anti-diet. So I thought it would be really interesting to get her take on a lot of the questions that you guys always ask me and always send me DMs about. So I'm super excited, and I know a lot of you are going to get so much from this, so I hope you enjoy Today's episode is brought to you by Premium Jane. Premium Jane is my go-to for CBD. You guys know this. I've been promoting them for a while now. And I don't know about you, but winter has been getting me freaking down. It is cold. It is gray. And seasonal feels are here. But my CBD has definitely been helping with that. I've already noticed a huge difference this winter versus last winter when I wasn't taking CBD consistently. So if you want to get 20% off your CBD, just use code Gabby at checkout. Again, that's code Gabby at checkout on Premium Jane's website. I also want to take a second and tell you guys about a really incredible thing that I'm doing this year. And I honestly am just like, can't believe I'm even saying this. But um, if, for those of you who don't know, me and my best friend Mick at Mick Zazon on Instagram, if you don't follow her, you should be. Um, we own a company called The Rose Retreat. And The Rose Retreat, it stands for Restore, Overcome, Self-Love, and Empower. So far, we've done three retreats. And this year in 2020, we're going to be doing two retreats and a conference. And this is new territory for us guys, but we are literally so excited. We're nervous, we're scared, but we're saying yes anyway, and we're going for it. And we're bringing something that we know women in today's world need. And it's something that we needed and we wished we could have gone to when we were younger and struggling with food and our bodies and all of the things that we go through as women. So we saw a need and we are freaking bringing it to life. So we are doing a conference. It is called the Dear Body Conference. And it is all about rewriting your body story, connecting with like-minded women, hearing inspiring and powerful and just incredible speeches from these amazing speakers and women who are leaders in this field and are just such incredible inspirational women and we are so excited to bring this event to Columbus, Ohio. So the Dear Body Conference is August 8th and 9th in 2020 and it's in Columbus, Ohio and um, we are just like so over the moon that we get to bring this to life and have all of the women that support us and have followed us and need this information in their life to to come and join us. So it's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be filled with workshops and Q&A panels and speeches and dance parties and just amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. So if you are interested in coming to the Dear Body Conference, you can head to www.theroseevents.com to grab your ticket. We do have early bird pricing and a early bird discount. So if you go and grab your ticket as soon as possible, you will be able to swipe up that discounted ticket. And if you guys have any questions about this, do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm so excited about this and I cannot wait to bring it to life. So if you do have any questions, please, please, please ask. And again, just head to theroseevents.com to learn more about our retreats and conferences that we are doing in 2020. Without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, Amy Lorraine Nutrition. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Evolve Your Life podcast. Today, I have Amy Lorraine Nutrition on Instagram here with me, and 
She is, we actually met at the Kendra Scott event I did, and she was the uh, dietitian nutritionist that came and chatted with the girls. And I was so pleasantly surprised because I was kind of nervous when they said a dietitian was going to be talking about like 2020 goals. I was like, oh no, are they, is she going to tell them to just like, <laughs> eat healthy and not be balanced and all that? But you really, really surprised me. And as the second I heard you talking, I was like, I need to get you on a podcast or something because your voice needs to be heard. So first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You're very welcome. And um, let's just start off, like, tell me about yourself. Because I know you were talking to the girls at the event. We didn't actually get to talk too much. So um, yes. just tell us about your background a little bit, like how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Um, okay, so starting way back, um, I decided to study dietetics in college um, because I, I knew I wanted to do something in the healthcare field, but I also um, struggled a little bit myself with disordered eating in high school. Um, and because of that, I was just fascinated by all things nutrition. So at that point, my pull was kind of more to learn more about the calorie content of foods and macro content of foods so that I could control my diet better and also help other people control their diets better. And I was just super fascinated by all things related to nutrition. So I studied that. Um, I went to the University of Kentucky and I did my undergrad there and my graduate degree. And I started out by working in the clinical setting. So I worked in a hospital for a while and then I worked for a dialysis clinic for a while. And I just kind of kept feeling myself have a pull one to have my own practice. Um, but also to talk to people before they end up in these um, difficult situations, you know, maybe more preventative nutrition. And so I did eventually start my own practice. And it was about that time that I started to hear about intuitive eating. And um, it really caught my interest. And so I did a lot of research about it, uh, read a bunch of books, and was like, okay, I got to try this out in my own life because this is basically telling me that. I have essentially been on uh, what could be called a pseudo diet my whole life, even though I consider myself to be recovered from my disordered eating, I actually still was engaging in disordered eating patterns uh, without realizing it and definitely not feeling free around food. And so I started implementing some of the principles of intuitive eating in my own life and was just shocked at one, how it impacted my relationship with food and also how it kind of spilled over into other areas of my life and helped me just be more self-compassionate and also understanding and compassionate of others. And so I realized at that point I needed to drastically change how I was running my practice. And so I um, stopped doing any kind of weight loss counseling and um, kind of flipped over to talking with people more about their relationship with food and never look back. <laughs> and I've just loved getting to work with people um, to enhance their relationship with food and uh, really dig into, you know, what's the history of why they eat, how they eat, um, and how can we change it so that they um, are more at peace around food. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're looking for? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Okay. It's perfect. And it's crazy because okay. like, the more I talk to women just like on social media and through being a coach myself, like, and just in life, like I've, 
I've noticed since I got to college and I was starting to kind of realize that something was wrong with me. So many mm. women deal with this and whether it's a full on eating disorder, like I used to not say I had an eating disorder. I said, I just right. had disordered eating, but the more I talk about it and I learn about it and I hear about people who've taken it to kind of different extremes, I look at my kind of experience and I'm like, Oh no, no, you had an eating disorder, like full mm. on, like you did. And so many women do, but they maybe don't realize it because the media portrays eating disorders as your skin and bones and you're in the hospital and right. like, all your, like hair loss and all of this crazy stuff. But an eating disorder can, it can look so different. And so I do think like with my public health background, I've always said, I, I think there needs to be so much more education in middle and high school for girls to know what the warning signs are and not just like the big red flags, like also the yellow flags and like the ones that are yes. like the signs that aren't as glaring, you know, because it, it's so common. It's, I, I honestly don't think I've ever met anyone that hasn't had some kind of weird relationship with food, female at least. Right. Yeah. Where if, if we ourselves haven't, um, you know, had an eating disorder or been on a diet, then we've definitely had somebody close to us experience one of those things. So yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So first question I have for you is, um, and this kind of comes from a client of mine that actually asked me this question last night and I answered it in my way, but I was kind of like, this is actually a really good question for someone who is a professional and does this every day. Um, she is recovered, um, had an eating disorder is fully recovered. Um, and is now kind of at the start of that, like, cause recovery is like one thing. And then you have your own personal like journey after recovery. Right. <laughs> you think like you're going to get out of recovery and you're just like better now. It's, it's a whole different ballpark. So that's kind of where she is. And that's where I started working with her. And, um, a question she had for me last night is I've been like, I've obviously been eating more of the foods that I want to. And anyone listening can probably relate to this. That is trying to strive for that food freedom. You've been eating more of the foods that you want. You've been um, implementing those kind of those fear foods and feeling really good, not feeling too guilty, like obviously working through the emotions that come with that. But you kind of, after a couple of months, you do notice yourself gaining a little bit of weight. And her question for me is like, is it bad that I have this desire to lose weight and how do I navigate through those emotions? Because I don't want to go back to where I was before, mm, but I'm, yes. I'm having these feelings of, um, I, I want to lose weight because this, the food freedom and intuitive eating has caused me to maybe put on a little bit of extra body fat. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes. This is something that you are going to run into with intuitive eating. I mean, your weight can change. It might say the same, but, um, especially if you have been coming from a place of restriction, then you may see, or, you know, even if you're not weighing yourself, you may feel like you notice that you are getting larger. And, First thing, no, that's not, that's not bad. Like you acknowledging that you have the desire to lose weight is the first step. You don't want to um, try to pretend like that's not there. Like, oh, I shouldn't have that desire. Like, yes, you need to acknowledge that that's still desire. Hopefully eventually that will go away for you. But the first thing is acknowledging that that is present and um, being compassionate with yourself about that. I mean, it's completely understandable why you would feel like you need to lose weight. I mean, our entire culture says, oh, if you're gaining weight, you need to rein it in, you know, something is wrong, or, um, you know, there's the whole body image ideal that you feel like you would be inching away from if you're gaining weight. So it makes perfect sense why anybody would feel like they need to lose weight. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, you want to challenge that, you know, the, 
what is it that makes you feel like you need to lose weight? Where does that body image ideal come from? And, you know, what is, what is the input in your life that's telling you that your body needs to be smaller in order to be better? Um, and started digging into that and figuring out, okay, how can I set up my environment to support me in this journey? And maybe taking a harder look at what, what is telling me that I need to be smaller? What is telling me that my body being larger is a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's so true. And it's, and it's honestly, it's interesting with the, the shift in social media, at least in, in my lens of social media, based on who I follow and like the world that I'm involved in, it's crazy how, how my, how this is slowly, cause this is something I struggled with for sure. Um, it, how it's slowly kind of gone away for me personally, because I have surrounded myself with people who are almost being not rewarded for being bigger, but being accepted for being bigger and being accepted for just having the bodies that they do. And, um, me like putting that, it's like if, if we were to have grown up in the opposite society, if we were, if we were to have grown up in a society that said bigger was beautiful and like anti-diet, mm-hmm. like dieting was the bad thing, we would all look totally different, you know? And so it's yeah. kind of like you, you have to, she's right, whatever you surround yourself with and whoever is supporting you and whatever you are looking at in the media, social media, or even just like around you, um, sometimes it's not avoidable, but um, you do to an extent have control over that. So just making sure, like she said, that your support system is helping you with that. And you are also actively um, surrounding yourself with content and with people that are, that are what you want to kind of represent, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love that. Um, So what is your approach to someone wanting to lose weight, but not sacrifice their relationship with food? So kind of taking like, say someone walks into your office and they um, like for their internal mental, like soul, literally all pillars of health, they, they want to, or need to lose a little bit of weight um, just to feel their best and to be healthy. And they, maybe their dad just got diagnosed with heart disease and their mom maybe has diabetes and they really do. They don't want to end up like that and they want to be healthy. Um, This is something they want to do, but they don't want to take it too far and they want to do it in a very healthy way. a healthy way mentally and physically. So what would your, like, obviously you don't have to go into all the details because this is why people work with you, but um, what are some of those like first initial steps and what's your approach to someone that's maybe in that position? That's a tough one. Honestly, I get a lot of people coming in my office like that. Um, either they don't realize that I don't provide weight loss counseling and somehow they end up in there anyways, or um, they realize that, but they, you know, they have that desire to lose weight and, um, but they they also want to be careful not to sacrifice their relationship with food. And so I always try to be really upfront with um, the fact that the reason why I don't provide weight loss counseling is because diets don't work. And so I've done, so much research, uh, um, well, I've read a lot of research. I haven't actually done any research studies myself, but I've read a lot of research studies and um, read a lot of books that summarize research studies that show that the more somebody diets, usually the higher their weight is likely to be. And I mean, you're getting to all kinds of uh, things psychologically and biologically, but you know, when you're restricting, then it makes it more likely for your body to gain weight back more rapidly and then uh, resist losing in the future. And it also can set you up for more cravings, more likely to binge eat and that sort of thing. So I usually kind of explain a little bit of 
my approach and why I um, have, you know don't provide. I'm not going to provide like tips about cutting this out or or here's what you need to do to lose weight. But I absolutely would still love to work with them talking about their relationship with food. Um, and I'm always upfront about the fact that like their weight may change. Um, it may go down, it may go up, it may stay the same, but either way, if you work on your relationship with food, then long-term that has been shown that incorporating the intuitive eating principles into your life has been shown to have real physical benefits. I mean, measurable biomarkers, like in terms of blood pressure and blood sugar and that sort of thing. So, um, there are benefits to it, but honestly, I would, I wouldn't <laughs> provide, like I wouldn't say, oh, you need to do this and this will help you lose weight. That's just simply something I don't do because I feel like that's going to end up having negative repercussions in the long term. And as a healthcare provider, I feel like it is my duty to not do harm. And I fully believe that recommending somebody go on a diet um, or try to pursue weight loss would end up uh, resulting in harm. And so, um, that's a little bit extreme for some folks, but 100%. It, yeah, no. And I mean, and I agree with you because my, my whole thing is then the question kind of goes to what is your definition of health and being healthy? Cause if someone's coming into you saying, I want to get healthy, like that's, that's where it's just the education on your weight doesn't equal your health. You know, like there are plenty of people, I have so many amazing examples of women that I know that, don't look what like the society and the media portrays as healthy, but they are, they could probably outrun, outlift, outjump any of these, these women. Mm -hmm. So, and they, and they don't maybe fit that norm. And that's, that's a society problem. That's not a, that's not a health problem, you know? So it is, it's just, it's kind of looking at what your definition of health is and like the difference between um, like when people are just focusing on fitness and weight loss and when people are actually wanting to focus on getting healthy, cause that it's so much more than just food. I'm sure you being a dietitian, like you said, you started off kind of wanting to learn about this cause you loved food and like health and all of that. But then you probably have realized over the years that health is, there's so many other aspects to it. Yes. Yeah. One thing that, um, we, I talk about with clients is like the definition of authentic health. So kind of incorporating, I mean, obviously we're not going to disregard, there are, um, you know, certain aspects of nutrition that for a long time have been shown to, you know, benefit your physical health. But then also it's important to think about like those internal um, values that you have and then incorporating those together um, develops your own personal definition of authentic health. And absolutely, since um, changing my practice to talk more about intuitive eating in relationship with food, I find myself having conversations with clients about like their sleep quality and their level of stress because it all ties in. You know, if they're not sleeping well or if they're super stressed, that absolutely affects how they're eating. And so um, it is way more uh, holistic uh, to, when you use in intuitive eating to think about your relationship with food. It, transforms your view of health into something way more holistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just have a, 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 an off question kind of off of that, that just popped yeah. into my head. Have you noticed, um, like a, I guess, a is there like a defined, a defined difference in men or women 
throughout the different age groups? Have you noticed that like some like women that are older are more resistant to this type of approach or younger women are more resistant? Is there like mm -hmm. a, any types of themes? Just because I, I mean, I've personally noticed, obviously our parents grew up with this diet mentality and now us, because we were growing up with so much more access to information and this like self-love movement and intuitive eating movement. Um, I just genuinely curious, like if that is something you've noticed. Um, I haven't noticed a distinctive pattern. I do primarily work with women, but I, I do work with some men as well. Um, but in my experience, a lot of the people who keep coming back um, and want to talk more about this tend to be women who are maybe in their 40s or 50s and have been on several diets. So that seems to be like the age group where this really starts to click and resonates because they've seen the effect that diets have on their life overall and they realize that it doesn't work but they're not quite sure what they need to do or where to go from there um so yeah i'd say that's probably that does that answer your yeah, question yeah yeah so another kind of going off this too i'm just like all these questions are coming up in my head now do you think that we will ever get to a point in society where people don't diet oh man <laughs> right I'm, I'm like <laughs> there's always going to be something I mean like a, something like a century ago wasn't it um Kellogg was saying that protein was bad and that's why they're developing this like low protein cereal I mean I feel like there's always going to be some sensationalized nutrition advice coming out there that people are going to turn into a diet um so I don't know, I don't want to be pessimistic. I'd be surprised if we ever got to that point, but I think we could get closer. I definitely think that as a society, it's good that more people are starting to realize that diets don't work. I mean, the word diet is almost becoming a dirty word now, but that is being manipulated by the diet industry as well. They're like, oh, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle change or a wellness plan, but it's you know, really the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, but I think people are becoming more aware of it. And definitely this year, um, I think it, I've seen intuitive eating all over the news way more than before. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think that we can improve. <laughs> I think yeah. that there's hope. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So you are a new mom. You said you're four yes. months, five months mm -hmm. now? Yeah, four months. He's, yeah, it's a boy, right? Yes. Little boy, yes, little boy. Peter, so cute. Um, so it just kind of got me thinking, I have two parts to this question, so I'll kind of do part one because it kind of relates to what we were just talking about, then part two is kind of a big shift. But part one, um, I personally have obviously growing up with, as someone with an eating disorder, with disordered eating, just kind of my, my whole life. Um, but I grew up in an amazing household. I had parents that are so supportive, never like, I mean, I guess subconsciously, yes, I saw my mom dieting and that kind of stuff, but I had like, I had no crazy traumas in my childhood and I still ended up with an eating disorder. So as a new mom, as someone, obviously you have a little boy, so it's a little bit different, but maybe in the future, if you have a girl or for someone listening that has a little girl or a girl kind of in middle school age um, or a future mom, what advice do you, would you give to someone to kind of help them make sure that their children don't grow up with this this mindset that we grew up with of trying to make ourselves smaller and ending up with these eating disorders and disordered eating. Is there any kind of concrete advice that you could, through your experience, you could give people to kind of help them make sure that their children don't have to grow up with these experiences? 
Wow. Yes. That's something that I, I think I started thinking about that, like even before I got pregnant, <laughs> because I knew that would be so important to me. Um, I think the first thing is just to be really first to analyze your own relationship with food. I mean, if you're, even if you're not consciously passing something on to your kids, they will pick up on how you treat food. You know, is there, do you eat certain foods in order to be able to eat other foods or do you make comments about, um, you know, Oh, I ate this and I need to go to the gym or do you make negative comments about your body in front of them? You know, that sort of thing mm -hmm. you may not even be aware of because it's something you've done your whole life. So the first step would be assessing your own relationship with food. And then from there, trying to be more conscious of how do my words shape my child's relationship with food. So there's definitely some things, you know, of course he's not eating real food yet, but I know that I would like to um, implement this. It's called the division of responsibility and it was developed by um, a registered dietitian, Ellen Satter. And basically she says that when it comes to feeding children, she recommends that, um, Parents decide the when uh, of eating, the what of eating, and the where of eating. And then the kid gets to decide um, how much they're going to eat and whether they eat. And so, you know, it's your job to provide the food to the child, but you shouldn't, you know, force them to eat more or, you know, one more bite or tell them, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, obviously, I haven't actually started doing this yet, but this is what I would like to. Um, be incorporating when I'm feeding my own child. And she actually, this dietitian, Ellen Sauter, she wrote a book that I am in the middle of reading right now. And it's called Secrets of Feeding a Healthy Family, which I think the title is a little bit misleading because it sounds like it's going to be all about like maybe how to sneak vegetables into your pasta sauce or something, but mm -hmm. it's not that at all. Actually, the beginning, I wish that the first part of the book was separated into its own book because it's all about like that first step assessing your own relationship with food and um she just writes in a really clear way so she talks about how to do that and then also at the end of the book uh will provide you know concrete examples of how to um do that when you're feeding your child yeah but um, yeah i'm definitely really passionate about that yeah it's amazing. It is. It's such a, I'm excited. I feel like there's going to be a lot of research kind of in the next decade over this as like we, this is a topic that is becoming a lot more popular. And obviously as we start to have kids and they grow up, I feel like we'll be able to have a more clear picture of kind of where our society is shifting in this way. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's super interesting. So uh, the second part of that question that I had was um, obviously you're a new mom, just had a little baby boy. Um, there's a lot of changes that come with your body and with all of those things when you have a baby. So just wanting you to touch a little bit on the mindset that you have been able to kind of cultivate, um, through having a child. And I, I've seen so many moms and I have moms reach out to me and, um, my friend Michaela, like she, we, we talk about it all the time. These moms just like hating their bodies and not loving their bodies and then wanting to manipulate them with food because of this postpartum body that they now have. So I just didn't know if you had any kind of advice or things that you've personally noticed as a new mom that you could maybe give to another new mom out there that might be struggling with this, this kind of emotion that you're, you're having. Yes, ma'am. I get it. I mean, I am right there. And I, you know, honestly, I have those thoughts, those thoughts flip through my mind where I'm like, 
oh, my body is this way, so I need to change my eating in order to ma manipulate it back into how it was before or, you know, a, a new way that I would like it to be. And I just have to stop myself and say, nope, that's a dark road that I don't want to go down. And I've been down that road before, and I know that it's not going to end well for me or uh, for my family. And so, but I definitely definitely get it. Um, I mean, my body is, it's never going to be how it was before. That's just how it is in life. And these are, this is, this is like the positive self-talk that I'm that I have to tell myself most days. You know, it's like in life, our bodies change. There are so many things that change our bodies, especially women, you know, we're as the, the ones that carry the baby and birth the baby. Um, our bodies are bound to change if you have children. And so my body will never be the same shape that it was before. Um, and so I've definitely been learning how to love that, uh, learning to love it in a different way and for new reasons. And I'm not completely there yet. You know, it's, it's still um, frustrating and, you know, trying to figure out, okay, I've got, you know, stretch marks in new places or places I didn't realize you could have stretch marks. And, mm -hmm. Um, I recently, it's so funny you asked me that question because on, um, Monday or Tuesday this week, I actually, uh, during one of his naps, I was like, I've got to go through my closet because it had turned into this place where I would just get so stressed because everything I tried on, you know, it was like either didn't fit me or just didn't fit me the way it used to, or didn't look flattering. And I was just tired of trying on all these clothes that, that were, not making me feel good about myself. Mm. And so I went through and took a bunch of clothes off the hangers. And um, so now I have a better idea of, all right, do I need to go shopping? Do I need to buy new clothes for my new body? Because this is who I am right now. And if I don't allow myself to buy new clothes, then I'm not accepting where I am right now. And this is the kind of stuff that I've talked about with clients, but I've never actually experienced in such a dramatic way until now, you know, after having a, a kid. And so, yeah, it's a big, it's a big thing. <laughs> it's yeah. a big thing. It can, it's, it is, it's, it's crazy. And I even, I love that you touched on the clothing idea. It's something that it has, I've been talking about a lot recently since we went to our last Rose retreat, we had a style coach kind of come in and she was like a body positive self-love style coach. And she, that's kind of the approach she takes. And she's actually, when she was at the retreat, she was seven months pregnant. So, um, mm. It was really interesting to kind of, yeah, hear that perspective. And I even like, I went through my closet and got rid of stuff that just, you know, like it's like this, you hold on to, you're like, maybe yes. I'll fit in it one day, but like, yes. wh what is you going out and buying a new pair of shorts that actually are going to fit you? Some people think that that's almost like sealing the deal that this is your new body. But like you said, your body is always changing. You never know. Maybe in two years from now, you'll, you'll have to go out and buy a smaller pair of shorts or even maybe yeah. a bigger pair of shorts. It's right. just like, focus on here, focus on now and honor the body that you are in right now. And clothing is such a big part of that. People don't realize how crazy just like putting your body in clothing that feels good and looks good. How much of a difference that can make for just you personally, how you feel, how you show up for yourself, how you show up for your family, for your friends. It's, it's crazy. So people listening, if you, if you need to go through the closet, go through your closet, throw away your <laughs> high school jeans, like get rid of them and yes. treat yourself to some new clothes. Cause it can make a really big difference to your overall mindset and relationship with your body. Um, so lastly, last thing I want to touch on is digestive health. I know that's something that you really focus on within your practice, mm -hmm. um, along with intuitive eating. And I've actually worked with a couple girls and just honestly, 
know a lot of people I feel like that struggle with digestive health and have issues with um, digesting different foods and just like, or even not really knowing what's going on. And that can cause, um, I've noticed in my coaching, it, it can cause a weird relationship with food when you are struggling to eat certain things and almost for a completely separate reason than someone that's restricting food because they want to maybe lose weight or they heard that carbs are bad, so they're not eating carbs. But when someone is struggling with like IBS or just having really weird digestive issues and they've noticed that when they eat this food or this food or have a combination of this food, it really can trigger them to not literally not feel good and feel sick. That then can create a very, very weird relationship with food and make you scared of food. And for a completely different reason than someone with an eating disorder is scared of food, but it's also kind of the same. So how, how do you navigate that? Do you have any, like, I guess, tips or is there like, I know people say there are so many different cures to digestive health and this is what you have to do and do this and this, like what's honestly just like, what's the truth behind all of that? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, but yeah, they are so connected. Um, they're, I mean, people will it's like, you know, they'll say I'm not on a weight loss diet, but I'm, I would like to try an elimination diet, you know, to see if there are certain foods that are triggering certain of my symptoms. And yes, I do work with people um, in order to help them figure out what those foods are that may be triggering their symptoms. And I feel like my biggest advice, um, and of course I know I'm biased, but it would be to work with a dietitian as you do this, because if you do it on your own, then that's when you end up on those super weird, really restrictive diets for a longer amount of time than you really should be. And then you're scared of adding foods back in, and then every food you add back in seems to trigger something, and that can get really messy. So um, the main thing that I like to do with clients is, all right, let's see what is uh, the fastest route to get you back to as least restrictive diet as possible, while also making sure that we are taking enough time, you know, sorting through, uh, okay, if we cut this food out, or if we add this food in, how does that affect you? Um, so definitely the goal is always, okay, what is the least restrictive diet that you can be on long-term um, after you identify what foods are issues for you? And so throughout the process, um, we are definitely going to look at, I mean, of course the classic is, are there foods that you're eating that are triggering symptoms? But it could also be, um, are there foods that because you are not eating them, your overeating of other foods causes these symptoms? So this is actually becoming more common with people um, eating a lot more of certain foods that they um, that we never used to before, like avocado and cauliflower, because um, they're deemed like such health foods and they're added into all kinds of things. And those foods are actually both um, high FODMAP, which I, we don't need to get into that as a whole other topic, but it just means that they're foods that ferment more easily in the gut. And that's a completely normal thing. Like we want foods to ferment, that that's good for our bacteria, but uh, this can cause more symptoms in some people than others. So some people need to be more careful and aware of, all right, maybe I need to um, have avocado this day, but not cauliflower or, you know, only a certain amount. Um, and so if you're adding in all these supposed health foods and then getting these new digestive issues, it could just be that you are, um, you know, maybe you could benefit from having some bread, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, instead of just doing all the veggies or all the raw stuff. Um, yeah, so it, it can get complicated, but definitely I think 
uh, it would help to work with somebody um, like a dietitian who is also, um, you know, pro intuitive eating and not necessarily going to say, all right, you're going to do this elimination diet and this will also help you lose weight and all these kinds of things. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I love what you just said, finding a dietitian that is pro intuitive eating because so many times like it sucks. Cause like you think you're doing good. You're like, I'm going to go, I want to go get answers for this. Like you think that you're doing the right thing for yourself and for your body and for your health. And unknowingly you might be, you could possibly be making the problem better, but then making another problem arise as far as like restrictive eating and, and whatnot. So, or fueling a, an underlying disorder. So um, just making sure yeah. I say that all the time, like just because they're, they're professional does not mean that, that their opinion or their, their, what they're going to give you is the best and thing for you personally, like making sure right. people, um, whenever you're working with a coach or a dietitian or whoever, a therapist, even like making sure that they're not bringing their own personal beliefs about their body and what works for them into your situation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's, I feel like that's, and that's, it sucks. Cause I, I'm a health community. I did health communication in college and we trust our doctors. We trust the healthcare professionals. Like they, they're doing what's best for us. Right. Like they know best, but sometimes that's actually not the case. And you have mm -hmm. to be a skeptical uh, patient and um, do your research, maybe talk to a few different people and see who you click with best. And um, I think just the more education we do on intuitive eating and all of these things, people will start to, to realize it and it'll become almost a non-negotiable for them that they like don't want to do diets and whatnot. But right now it's like, I mean, still it's, it's so ingrained in our society and in like the norm. And it just, I think, I, I hope that doing things like this, these podcasts and just continuing to share on social media can reach more people that um, maybe have no idea that they're even struggling with something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, thank you so much for doing this with us. I want to give you the space to kind of plug your, your everything. Like where can people find <laughs> you if someone's listening to this and they're not in Lexington, but they want to work with you. Is that possible? Or if they're in Lexington, how do they get in touch with you? Just kind of give us all the things of how to work with Amy. Yes. Thank you. Um, so yeah. So if you're in Lexington, then I could see you face to face. I do have a physical office. Um, but I do also offer counseling virtually. So you can find me on my website. So that's amylorainenutrition.com. And I'm also on Instagram at amylorainenutrition. Um, and so you can get a hold of me. I think I've got an email button on my Instagram and then on my website. You can schedule an appointment or contact me through my contact form. So you'll be able to get a hold of me. <laughs> yes, amazing. And I will also link all of those things in the show notes below. So you guys can just easily click it and access that. So thank you so much for being here. We like, I really do appreciate it. If you're taking time out, especially with a four month old baby, I know it's probably crazy and life can be <laughs> just insane. Um, yes. So thank you for doing this. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to shoot me a DM, shoot her a DM and um, don't be afraid to reach out if you are struggling with something like this, because it can get better. It will get better, but you have to ask for help. So Yes. Um, thank you so much, Gabby. You're very welcome. And thank you everybody for listening. And I will chat with you guys in the next episode.